Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us in the studio today. We are in the book of Luke, continuing through about halfway. Super good stuff. Really rich chapter, chapter 14. So we're just going to highlight some things that stuck out to us and march through the chapter with you like Mm -hmm. we usually do. Uh, and it, it's going to be good because it's really good stuff. Yeah, the, the scene begins with Jesus sitting at uh, the house of a prominent Pharisee, having yes. a meal with them, and all the eyes of the room are on Jesus because they're wanting to see how yeah. is he going to act. It's the Sabbath. What's he going to do? And this chapter begins by saying there was a man who had abnormal swelling in his body was there. Hmm. And then I love verse 5. I Jesus looks yeah. at the <laughs> Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he asks them, if one of you had a child or an ox that fell into a well on the Sabbath, would you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. All I got to say is I thank God I'm not the child or the ox of a Pharisee. Because if I fell into a hole, I would like to think someone would pull me out. That would be a question mark probably but these, for them. These Pharisees are like <laughs> so rigid on their law that they're missing the heart of God behind it. Yeah. So Jesus heals the man, sends him on his way. It's awesome. And then there's tension in the room. They're trying to figure out what to do. And so Jesus yeah. looks at them and is like, now verses like 7 through 14, essentially, he's saying, imagine mm-hmm. like you're at a get-together. You're at a wedding feast, and you're trying to figure out who gets to sit where. And, and in short, he says, well, if you just talk to your friends and all the wealthy people, right. they're going to be able to pay you back. But God's heart is one that he gives even when we can't give him back anything in return. Yeah. So he, Jesus is saying later mm-hmm. on, he's like, hey, if you, if you give a banquet in verse mm-hmm. 13, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind, mm-hmm. and then you'll be blessed because they can't repay you. Yeah, You're giving a gift that can't be given back. And so again, like how how hard of a lesson it must have been to, to receive that as the Pharisee right there in that moment. But it's, it's a picture of God's heart. <laughs> yeah. And it's what we got to be called to do. Yeah, because behind the story is this question then that Jesus is kind of posing to them. You know, are you walking in generosity and in humility or are you walking in entitlement and pride? Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing, even as the healing took place, I love in verse one, because it says he, it, Jesus was being watched. Yes. And that makes me kind of think like that he was some like super spy yeah. or he's not, he's out in the open and he's actually yeah. addressing the questions and talking to people. But like, because it was so yeah. just against Everybody the norms. Everybody knows the elephants in the room. Yes. Like, and so it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am going to keep watching. And yeah. so, um, so that's the question, you know, after these parables that are meant to speak the language of the people of the day, yeah. but have a deep biblical and kingdom truth and meaning, that's the question for us too today then, is kind of how are we walking in a spirit of humility? What does that actually yeah. look like and for us? And how do I grow in a spirit of generosity? It's I, one I, of the... <laughs> I think I think the answer is one simple word. It's it's grace. Bobby. It's oh. Bobby, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Jean. Uh, it's grace. <laughs> it's understanding what you've been given yeah. even when you didn't deserve it. Right. I think that's what Jesus is getting at here. He's saying, hey, like you can invite these people, but all these wealthy friends, they'll invite you back. They'll give you money. They'll give you gifts. But the poor, the crippled, the widow, the, the orphan, yeah. they have nothing to offer you. So invite them because mm-hmm. that's a picture of God's heart. Yeah. And when you understand grace, God's gift, his free gift to us, when we are so far from deserving, that is when gratitude is born. And yeah. then you're like, wow, God's been so good to me. Mm-hmm. I can't help but to love him back and then love other people. Yeah. So I think that's there's a, a deeper understanding of our state of being in that, like when we understand grace. And so even, you know, I, I said myself and I joke about it, but even like, you know, when you say like, oh, I, 
I'm really growing in humility. Like, well, you, that's, you, okay. we're, we're missing it still. Yeah. <laughs> we're missing it still in that. And so I'm we were the most <laughs> humble person ever. <laughs> so, but what does that actually look like? Yeah. You know, when you see it in someone else or when, or when there are moments in your life where you're kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful. Like, I, I think that's why the Bible also speaks to how it, you're so m- much more blessed when you give mm-hmm. because of how, how you receive in the moment. So we were talking about a celebrity oh. that's been around for a long, I think he's actually quite old. I don't know how old he is. Keanu Reeves. And we don't know if he even follows the way of Jesus. No. But, but he's somebody that other people look at and see. Yeah. He does things differently. And lately, this guy's been caught, like, doing acts of good left and right. Like, here he is <laughs> at McDonald's buying everybody in the restaurant's food. Or here he is buying the janitor's Rolex watches or whatever it is. Hmm. And this guy's been caught doing good, like, a hundred times. And so eventually people yeah. call them on it, and they're like, why are, you, are you doing, doing this? And he's like, <laughs> I-, I grew up with no family. I was mm. hopping around from the or, uh, the the foster system, kind of getting passed around. Mm-hmm. He's like, I came from literally nothing. Even he, yeah. he barely got a break to get into movies and acting and stuff. He's like, so oh, now that I made it, he's like, I'm content. I have everything I need and more. Yeah. So I'm gonna take what I'm giving uh, getting now and just give it away mm. because these people, I want I want to love them. I mm-hmm. want to encourage them. And you're like, man, I hope he comes to know the Lord because that's yeah. what really God's heart's getting at is, hey, you've got more than everything you need. Most of you. So take what's excess and pass it on and love those who can't love you back because that, yeah. that's the heart of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we have to ask ourselves, do we seek attention? And are we acting kindly only to people who can pay us back and give us something in return? Um, because Jesus was constantly looking out for those who couldn't protect themselves, couldn't provide for themselves, and were kind of the outcasts. Yeah. I mean, another question, too, would be since that happens in all of our lives, like, yes, we are attention seeking. Yes, we are looking out for ourself. Like, that's what culture has just told us, like, is what we need to do. So when we do that, why are we doing that? Like, what is the source of like underlying? Yes, like this deep need that's not being filled. And how can it be filled and met in the Lord? Because it's out of the overflow of that that we're actually going to be able to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's actually the Spirit in us that gives us the ability to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So good questions, though, for yeah. auditing. And, kind and then of. to the Pharisees and to us, mm-hmm. pride makes it next to impossible to foster like a, a sincere and genuine community. Yeah. Pride is where it's all about you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, but it's not. It's not just about you. It's about everybody else. Yeah. And the Lord. And, and also you're valuable. You're loved. You have great worth in the Lord. Yeah. And so when you receive that, then you can extend it to other people. Yeah. So the story continues verses like 15 through 24. Jesus continues to talk and he keeps saying more stories and parables Mm -hmm. of the kingdom of God. And he's talking about these feasts. He's talking about a great banquet now again with many guests. And again, uh, Mm. he wants to invite people in to celebrate this, this great celebration. And people are like, nah, sorry, I just bought an ox. Sorry, I just got married. Sorry, I can't (laughs) come. And Jesus presses in and Mm -hmm. I, I love what he says. It says the servant came back to this, to the master and reported. The owner became angry and said, go out to the fields, the alleys, bring in again, the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And then they said, okay, we did it. Now what? He's like, there's still room. He said, okay, now go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Hmm. This passage reminds me of Grandpa Corver. Because he'd always say, Clark, my boy, go out and do the highways and the byways and compel them to come in to the church. And what he's getting at here is, again, there's a call for the church to go out and passionately invite people into the way of Jesus, into the kingdom of God. And again, oftentimes, not always, oftentimes, people who are comfortable, 
and have a lot of resources would say, why do I need this? I'm yeah. good. And so what Jesus is saying is go find the people who know they need help because they're the ones who are going to want to come in yep. and compel them to come in. And so the way in which we invite them, the way in which we share our story, yep. the way in which we speak about church, our group, but ultimately God should be passionate and should be full of conviction because yeah. if God's really important to us, hopefully that will be seen in the way we treat other people, we talk yeah. about God, in the way we conduct ourselves and live our life. And so that's that word compel. Go into the highways and the byways <laughs> and compel them to come in. That's really good. It also yeah. just reveals to us how Jesus' heart again. So at the beginning of the chapter, we see how Jesus' heart is so for you know, wholeness and, and wellness and, and grace. And then here we're seeing too that, that he mm. wants a full house. Yeah. Like it's not, Hey, go out and get, you know, anybody that'll listen. Yes. But because I want this place at capacity. Yep. And so when we understand the context of what was going on with Jesus and his disciples at the time, you know, when you look at their background all throughout the old Testament, you understand and you read about how the Israelites were meant to be set apart yes. from the, you know, the pagan cultures and everybody else in the world. And how now we're kind of transitioning to a, a place where Jesus is on the scene and he's inviting Jewish people in. He's saying, come in, come in, yeah, come in, look at who started. I am. Yes. Look at who I am. Look at how I fulfill, you know, these prophetic, um, these prophetic stories and tales and, and now in this parable, he, he's kind of letting everybody know also the Gentiles. I'm here for people who don't have that background. Yeah. And so anybody, anybody that will listen, anybody that can receive my word and understand it and, 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 and know grace mm -hmm. come in. Yeah. You are invited. God values mm -hmm. the humble and the needy. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what your family name is or how wealthy you are, how tall or short you are. Yeah. So if you know you need help, you're in a great spot because yeah. God's inviting um, you to come into the kingdom of God. So as the story continues, uh, verses 25 uh, through really kind of 34, Jesus continues to to share some stories. And he uses mm -hmm. really extreme language here, which I think is worth reading and kind of unpacking. Let's do it. Verse 26, he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Mm -hmm. What? And he says in verse 27, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I love what he says next, because next he says, if you're an architect and you're going to build a tower, mm. you would be foolish to just start building it and not actually calculate and try to estimate the right. cost of the materials, the time and, and the hours put into it. Sure. He says the same thing. If you're going to go to war, a king is going to look at the strategy, look at the map, mm. look at his weaponry, look at his army size and, and calculate again. Right. The, the risks. How's this going like, to go? Yeah. How's this going to go? So exactly what Jesus is getting at here is that you can't casually follow Jesus. Back in Jesus' time, in day, you, you could not casually follow him. Right. I guess the disciples have come back to him multiple times, and they're like, Teacher, we've left everything to follow you. This is right when Jesus is telling them, I'm about to die. I'm going to go to heaven, mm. prepare a place for you. But you're going to be comforted. They're like, we left everything. Yeah. And Jesus is like, yeah, you can't casually follow me. I told you to leave everything. Yeah. You've got to come. And so when he's saying, like, hate your parents, he's not literally saying, Hyperbole. like, be yeah. angry, hate them, hurt them. What he's saying there is, like, if your priorities aren't in check and if God is not number one. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. You're not going to fully understand the, the kingdom of God. And so I've said this before in other podcasts, but um, I think if someone could be a fly on the wall when Pastor Ken or myself is walking someone to faith if like the spirit's stirring in their heart 
you would almost think that we're trying to convince them to not be a Christian because right. we are being so <laughs> brutally honest as to like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And so this happened to me just actually last week. There's a young gal who came to our young yeah. adults group and mm-hmm. looked at all of her friends, all the partying, everything the world had to offer. And she realized this gives me zero peace. I have no peace in my heart. So what do I do? Yeah. And I was like, well, the, the Lord offers you this new life, but it actually requires you to deny yourself and the world and to follow the, believe in Jesus and then follow Jesus. And she's like, I think I want that because a lot of the Christians in my life have had this peace. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, but just again, that means what God's asking you is to submit every area of your life to him. So it's not like a buffet where I can just choose, like, I want the fruit, but I don't want the vegetables. I want this meat, and I want all the dessert, but I don't want any bread or any soup. It's like, it's not a buffet. God's saying, you have to submit every area of your life to, to Jesus, yeah, and that's best because he mm. designed you. He created you. He knows what you need. Like you were just talking about, yeah. underneath our desires, that there's a greater need. So oftentimes, we're trying to meet our legitimate desires in illegitimate ways. Right. But if you're able to peel back the layers of the heart to get back at why am I thinking this? Why am I doing this? Why am I partying? Why am I seeking other people's attention? Why mm-hmm. do I have to keep talking about myself to elevate myself and put other people down? It's like, you're going to get at, you have a desire to be loved, to be welcomed and belong. Yeah. And only God can give that to you. And so here Jesus is telling them straight forward, like, Hey, it's got to be Jesus and the kingdom first mm-hmm. and everything else will fall in its place. And I think oftentimes we can sugarcoat things and talk about, you know, how the kingdom of God is great and following Jesus is awesome. And, and we, we don't give him an honest heads up as to like what this means and what, sure. what God requires of you mm-hmm. when it comes to, to following him. Yeah. So I could talk a lot more about it, but uh, that, that's what he's getting at. We don't yeah. have to be perfect to be saved. It's all about God's grace. Yeah. Kind of going back to the beginning. That's really good stuff. I f- the one, I guess the, the picture that kind of comes to me at the end is, is just when he says, um, in the same way, any one of you who does not give up everything, like you're saying, mm-hmm. cannot be my disciple. And so this is, this is up and coming, like this kind of language about actually getting back to following Jesus mm-hmm. and the nuts and bolts of discipleship. Because for a long time in our country, it was just a really, co- you could be a Christian. And, and what that meant to everybody was like, okay, you know, we understand that you maybe know Jesus or you have maybe grown up in the church, but getting back to this language of like, no, I'm a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ Mm. is what we're reading in Luke and what Jesus invitation ultimately is. It's, it's not for you just to kind of, um, sit on the sidelines and for you to understand like, you know, 2%. It's, for you to be completely in the game for all of you to be surrendered to him. And, and so that we come under the umbrella of grace, we come under his authority. So we talked about that with so many of us, we long for Jesus as savior, but we reject Jesus as Lord. Mm. And here the cost of discipleship and really in every gospel too, is laid out very clearly that it's not a one or the other. It's a both. And that when you accept Jesus as savior and realize with great humility, the grace that you are privileged to live under because of the wooing and the call of the Holy spirit, then out of that we submit and we climb up on our altar and we submit our life every day so that this cruciform lifestyle that Jesus first modeled is yeah. actually seen in us yeah. as disciples. Amen. And so it's a really it's a really good thing, yeah. but a, not an easy thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, friends and family, thanks for joining us for a conversation on Luke 14. Good stuff. We're excited to join you tomorrow talking about <laughs> Luke 15 and a number of chapters to go. So God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Hello.
Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.